Hi, everyone. Welcome to Meet the Rockadopolis. I'm Yes Like Rockadopolis. And I'm Lance Rockadopolis. And in today's episode, we'll discuss boundary violations and an assertion of my ownership of Lance as a form of sadomasochistic play and as a form of intimacy. So what are personal boundaries? Here's a definition from the University of California at Berkeley. Quote, personal boundaries are the limits and rules we set for ourselves within relationships. A person with healthy boundaries can say no to others when they want to, but they are also comfortable opening themselves up to intimacy and close relationships. It's interesting to me that so many different definitions of personal boundaries focus on limits and rules, since the kink world seems to be obsessed with both limits and rules. Both the Marquis de Sade and Leopold von Sacher Massac were obsessed with rules and limits. Saad was obsessed with violating them, and Masak was obsessed with being punished for violating them. So in this episode, we're going to focus on different types of personal boundaries and how we enjoy violating them. So we'll start out with physical boundaries. Physical boundaries are about the body, of course, protecting it, keeping it healthy, having dominion over it. Many people see abortion rights as about having dominion over their bodies, similar to using contraception. It can also be about health. Wearing a mask during COVID was a physical boundary both ways. The mask itself is a boundary, and the refusal to wear one is also a boundary. Being mindful about what one eats is another example There are many cultural boundaries around what people are and aren't allowed to eat. There's actually a specific kind of eating disorder where people obsess over rules about healthy food. It's called orthorexia, and it's not the same as anorexia. It's really just about the obsessive focus on rules themselves. Hmm. Yeah, that's something I haven't heard of. Yeah, and they're basically taking an obsessive moral stance that food must be pure somehow. Mm -hmm. Uh, I live in a very fitness-oriented part of the country, and I can tell you how many times I've heard people talk about, quote-unquote, clean food. Like, what could that possibly mean? Mm -hmm. You know, I worked in a, a natural foods grocery store for a while, and people were always asking me, is it clean? Is this clean? Mm. And I mean, it was like, how do you even answer that? No, <laughs> it's Phil, it's alive. Of course. You, know? <laughs> you can't get clean broccoli. You can get the pesticides off, I guess. But yeah, my sister had a health scare and she was obsessed with eating, quote unquote, clean. Yeah, I didn't think it was weird, just hypersensitive. As it relates to kink, personally, I love the idea that I cannot have or establish a physical or a sexual boundary from you, whether it's finger fucking my various orifices, pushing me around, slapping me for no reason. I love every aspect of getting physical. For example, last weekend we were having a bit of difficulty and I didn't know what to do about it and I was in no mood to do anything kinky. So 
Yislike proceeded to pinch my nipples hard and long until I got an erection that was hard and long, <laughs> and then laughed at me when she, um, in the middle of the night, felt it. Uh, to me, it really felt like a violation. I knew why she was doing it, and I really felt grateful to her for it. That really melted my heart, and I basically apologized to her. So violation of physical and sexual boundaries is probably the most familiar way BDSM practitioners do kink. It's the impact play, it's the consensual non-consent, it's the bondage, etc., etc. So the next type of boundary violation involves material boundaries. This one is about people using your stuff or borrowing your money and also stealing your stuff and money. It's interesting to me because I've never thought of my personal boundaries as including my material possessions. And the idea of having like personal boundaries that are about material goods does seem very capitalistic and consumeristic. Like people are somehow being manipulated to think that the stuff we own is is who we are. But on the other hand, lots of people who have been victims of theft sometimes talk about how violated they feel, um, especially home invasions, of course. Like it almost feels like a physical assault. Yeah, I experienced this in college when my apartment was broken into while I was away on a trip. It does very much feel like a violation. So anyway, me brazenly taking your stuff away from you is definitely a type of material violation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm remembering all this stuff that you've taken. You took my fancy cigar lighter. You have several fancy cigar lighters, and you only need one. You're never getting the one I took back. I, I use it frequently to light, you know, scented candles mostly. Yeah. I've also taken quite a few pairs of socks from Lance, including an entire unopened package of socks. I also took your flip-flops when we were in California last summer, but I did trade them back to you for a nicer, newer pair that you had bought to replace them. <laughs> so you're stealing all the stuff that I'm <laughs> replacing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The kinky part of material po or possession violations, let's talk about that. So this would be the fine doms that demand tributes just to talk to them. In many master-slave relationships, the dom is in control of the finances of the household. There was a time where I granted you access to my bank accounts, gave you the passwords and all that, and you could have taken everything I had at that time. And that was very sexy and a big test of my trust in you. And consistent with your nature, you did not take advantage. Yeah, I never had the intention of taking your money I just wanted to keep track of your spending so I could better have control over it. But at this point, it's just too boring to keep my attention. Like, I don't, I'm not really a number mathy person and mm. it just like whatever. But I do actually get notifications from an app. It's called Mint, where I entered all of your checking information and, and bank information. And so I know when you pay your rent and I know oh, wow. when you go to the grocery store, I think like anything over 50 bucks that you spend is reported to me. So I do <laughs> at least keep track of it. 
at oh, this wow. point. Yeah. I didn't know it was to that extent. I mean, my credit card account is hooked into that somehow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, you gave me all the information. I put it in. So I just get notifications about it. So the next one is time and energy boundaries. Time is a scarce resource these days. And a lot of people feel the need to be very protective of their time. I don't remember life being like this even 10 years ago. I remember having plenty of time to make different kinds of food and read for pleasure uh, and to just sit there and stare into space. Um, (laughs) I also used to be able to knit and spin yarn on a manual spinning wheel. I learned how to spin. I was really into the, the sort of rudimentary crafts. I used to go to meetups all the time and hang out with friends and colleagues a lot more. These days, I just feel much more hurried, like I barely have time to stream a TV show or clean my room. I'm not sure what happened. I want to blame it on my phone, but actually, I think it's more about parenting a teenager and also quitting my detestable but not very time-intensive academic job. I think that's probably the main thing. Mm you know, working 20 hours a week and getting four months of vacation a year, uh, <laughs> you know, can can make you feel pretty relaxed. Yeah, but you're not regretting quitting. Not at all, because it wasn't actually relaxing. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it, I quit because I hated the job. Yeah. So that's that. The next one is violation of energy boundaries. This is an interesting one because there's no precise definition of what energy actually is. It's not a thing. It's a placeholder word. And the best definition of energy that we have is that energy is the capacity to do work. And work is basically anything, to do anything. So what saps our energy to do stuff? Well, melatonin is one thing, right? Melatonin is what makes us sleepy, makes us want to go to sleep. Without it, we wouldn't. And of course, sleep is important because your body is actually still doing a lot of work when you're sleeping, right? Your body is regenerating and healing. Right. All that exercising, it's basically rebuilding those muscles. Yeah. But it's really the brain that makes us feel tired, but we need to feel tired But how does someone violate another person's energy boundaries? And what is an energy boundary anyway? Is it some kind of invisible force field around us, like a deflector shield on Star Trek? I honestly just get a little skeptical when people use the term energy because it's so nonspecific. When it comes to energy violations, I'm thinking of sleep deprivation. And this is kinky stuff you're talking about. Yes, We don't do that, but some doms prevent their subs from sleeping to get them into like a weaker state of mind. That way they can mold them more easily. Yep. I knew a cult leader who did that. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm just going to say his name, Yo, Yo Samian. I I feel comfortable saying it because he's, because there was a huge expose of him in in Rolling Stone Mm -hmm. years and years ago. Yeah, and I went to a couple of his meetings because I had a couple of friends who were in that cult. And what they would do is have a drinking party that started at about 10. This was, I don't know if it was every Saturday. It might have been one Saturday a month. People would sit around in a circle, do shots, 
And then about 12 or 1, it would be a dance party all night long. So it really involved alcohol and physical exertion all night. And he kept people up. Like, he he claimed that people didn't need to sleep. I think that might have been part of his thing. Um, At least they were having fun. Well, not only that, but it was a health and fitness cult. Mm. And he produced, and this this was, you know, Boulder, Colorado. So there was a lot of health and fitness going on and, and sports. And he had a lot of runners. Like, it was a running cult. And some of his runners were running, you know, 100-mile marathons. Oh, my goodness. And actually, one of them died after the marathon. <laughs> I can imagine. I don't blame that on Yo. And I think that's probably how it got into Rolling Stone magazine. I mean, he, he would get like 40-year-old women coming in overweight, unhealthy. And within a few months, he'd have them running like 60, 70 miles a day. Mm. Yeah, so it was an interesting situation. But the sleep deprivation was so clearly a part of his control over people. Another kinky example would be working one's slave all day until he is very tired. I think that would be very gratifying for me. I may get a strong sense of accomplishment out of being forced to expend my energy. One recent example of you obligating my time was when you went away for a few days and I had to take care of your doggies. I bathed them, brushed them, fed them, and walked them every day. It really wasn't a big ask because I love dogs, but still it demanded a fair amount of my time. Yeah, well, you're a slave, so, right? Mm -hmm. Certainly lots of energy issues for slaves. Yeah. So next up emotional and intellectual boundaries. This one is about sharing your thoughts and feelings with people. I have friends and family who can be very invasive and overbearing with their questions. And the behavior seems to be less about genuine interest sometimes, and really more about getting dirt on me, (laughs) or comparing themselves to me, or finding out what I might be thinking about them. I I definitely need some better friends. And family, apparently. And family. (laughs) (laughs) It's really obnoxious and disrespectful and kind of dehumanizing. Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm being used when there's just no respect for my privacy. To be honest, it took me a long time to realize that I'm not actually obligated to answer their questions especially when the questions are clearly not coming from a place of genuine curiosity or interest or concern. Wouldn't an example of emotional energy be the energy that we put into our relationship and keep that going? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, it kind of reminds me of that show, What We Do in the Shadows. In that show, there's energy vampires. They represent those vampires as dull, boring people that depress and suck the life energy from people by talking about themselves <laughs> and in an uninteresting way or just being irritating whenever they can. I have to admit that I kind of do do that sometimes with you. <laughs> like, especially when I first get to your house, like I just kind of mm. word vomit all over you, sort of <laughs> random, uninteresting things. <laughs> that no. I just need to talk to somebody. I just yeah. need to talk to somebody that I guess is forced to listen to me. <laughs> yeah. Another example would be encountering people that like to get a rise out of you or upset you for no apparent reason. Or depress you. Yeah. 
and, and I think they do feed off of that. I, th I think it's clear that some people like it when uh, they get other people angry at them. Mm. It excites them. So you see that as an energy, as an oh, energy yeah. vampire. Yeah, because you're, you're feeding off of their right. energy. Oh, yeah. I think it, I do that. I feed off of people's energies. And I do sometimes, like, instigate it somehow mm -hmm. just to get... I think there was a <laughs> yeah. Star Trek episode where there was this malevolent force that invaded the ship and was causing all sorts of havoc by causing emotional trauma to everyone and <laughs> causing people to fight each other. And it just fed off that energy. It's a cool episode. Well, and what we do in the shadows actually does make a distinction between energy vampires and emotional vampires. I think energy vampires would basically sap someone's will and vitality, although I really like the idea that riling people up, right, mm -hmm. is also a form of energy violation. Whereas emotional vampires would make people feel sad or depressed. Yeah, regarding the kinky aspect of emotional violations... There was one time where you mentioned emotional sadism to me, and you said that you'd like to try that on me. I think the best way to describe that was freak out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that might even be an understatement. That's definitely a problem area for me. I don't like it. I do react badly. But I think I'm getting better and more calm about this as I grow in emotional intelligence. And I'm thankful to you for expanding my intellectual boundaries. So I'm grateful for that. So in kink, emotional sadism is inflicting a mental or emotional state that the sadist is creating. We discussed this in the last couple of episodes. Some practices of emotional sadism include cuckolding, humiliation, degradation. And I would also include chastity in this list. You know, being in chastity frequently messes with my emotional state. It's also controlling my self-worth by subtly saying that my penis is not worthy and should be locked away. <laughs> That's interesting that you take it that way. Like it's a kind of a humiliation fantasy. Mm -hmm. But I see it more as protecting your penis because it belongs to me. You know, it's like the old-fashioned female chastity belt. It's, mm -hmm. it's mine. No one gets to touch it, including you, unless I let you. And it's also kind of like a physical synecdoche. Synecdoche being a rhetorical device in which a part of something is used to refer to the whole thing. Me locking up his dick is, to me, a kind of a symbol of my ownership of his whole life, of his whole being. Yeah, I would consider my collar around my neck a symbol of you owning my life. The chastity device is a little too specific. It represents ownership of my sexuality. Yeah, that makes sense. It's just that sexuality is so connected to so many other parts of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And this may be especially true for kinksters because we do bring all kinds of stuff into our sex lives that vanillas might never even dream of. So thank you very much for joining us today. Next week will be part two of our discussion of boundary violations. Until then, have a great week. Mm -hmm.